there if you would like to open up a Bible. It is also on the um, handout that we had, the, the reading today, and an outline. Uh, if you would like to follow that, we will be looking closely at the verses on there today. Uh, but we do have the, the Bible reading, which is from uh, the uh, book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. And I'm just looking for the microphone, which is over here. So Ken's going to bring the Bible reading. It's from Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Okay, yep. Colossians three, twelve to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have, have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ Dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from uh, the Spirit. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, our title this morning is Embracing the Jesus Life. Embracing the life that Jesus would have us live. And so to start this morning, I want us to think about stripping away the old to make the new. Stripping away stuff, getting rid of it so to make something new. And as I was thinking about this this week, I was thinking of furniture. Has anyone ever seen someone restore some furniture? This old furniture, things have to be stripped away from it. All the, the yuck that's on it has to be stripped back. And then what's able to be done? Ask Ken. <laughs> oh, look, Ken's going to tell a story. Come back up, Ken. Up we come. Stripping back and making you. Obviously, you wanted to be a part of the introduction of this sermon, so here we go. Um. I've been going to the men's shed up here for, uh, for a little while and uh, um, not very long ago somebody dropped a couple of uh, antique chairs in uh, at the shed. Um, they'd been, um, you know, lacquered or stained years ago and uh, somebody had painted them and so we had to remove the paint. So the last couple of times I've been up there we've been putting paint remover on and trying to get this paint off. So I can tell you, it, it, it hasn't been real, a, an easy job. Okay. But uh, uh, 
we trust when they when they're finished they will look good. So okay. restoring <laughs> chairs is, is quite. So what's a, the uh, what's the process then? What, what what's your plan? With uh, what's the plan? Yeah. I've just got to paint. I'll put on them uh, some paint remover, and yep. then scrape it off, um, brush it off, uh, sand it off. Do whatever you can to get this paint off to get back to the original. And then when you um, get to the original, though, is there then, things uh, that you then put I'm on? I'm not sure what we're going to do then. I haven't got... <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do as I'm told up there. Okay. Excellent. Well, thanks, Ken, for sharing. Uh, I'm sure there will be some, some things to add to it to make it look nice and, uh, and like a, a new restored chair, some lacquer or something afterwards. But I think a few people have had a go at restoring furniture. Or restoring something. Uh, another picture I had of restoring as well. It's it's, it's a gardening one, um, and and really it's it's about pruning, because there are times when we we want to cut off the old growth, we cut it back, so that new growth can come, healthy growth, something that's uh, a lot better than than what's been previously there. We want there to be a healthy growth. And so can you think of another example where we strip away something old to make, make the new? Does anything else come to mind? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So that's gathering in the good in a way, but still it's trying to make way for the next, next round of good. Yeah, no, that's good. Mm. <laughs> Washing the dishes. Getting that grime off the dishes. Because no one wants to have a meal with a dirty plate, do they? Imagine that. You know, that's, a, that's something you could take to your kids if they won't take their dishes to the dishwasher. Well, you didn't clean your plate or at least bring it to the sink. Do you want to eat off that one again? Uh, we live in a world of germs, don't we? <laughs> That's right. It's, uh, it's true, though. There's many things. What about our clothes? We don't want to put on dirty old clothes again, do we? We don't, we don't desire just to get filthy, stinky clothes on. If we had some putrid clothes, we wouldn't put them on, surely, unless we really had to. We'd be putting on fresh, clean clothes. But stripping away the old to make way for the new. And that's where we're at in this passage today. Jesus works in people's lives, and that's exactly what he does. He strips away the stuff that's not of God so that we may grow or flourish in the things that are of God's. Putting on the Jesus way. What's the title? Well, the title is Embrace the Jesus Life. The key point is putting on the Jesus way because everything in this passage is about equipping or, or putting on things that matter to God, that matter to Jesus. And we all have a bad background. We all have an old way. But when we turn to Jesus, He brings about healthy growth in us. He brings about the things of God as He works by His Spirit. And it is Jesus that is the one that unites us. Once we were all far from God, we were all lost. But then we come to Jesus, we come to know God. And that takes us to that first verse here, verse 12, in our, our passage, which is on here. 
I'm just going to read verse 12 about who we are. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Who are we? We're God's people. God's chosen people. What a beautiful picture of who we are now. We had this old way far from God, but now we are God's people. God's chosen people. I love that song we were just singing because it was on this very topic that we have a new identity and it is in Jesus. A child of God. Not a child of this world anymore. We're now a child of God. And it is powerful. We are holy. I love the word holy. I've, got to try, I've had to train myself to love the word holy. And you know, I actually think it was the Simpsons that destroyed it. That silly TV show makes a mockery of the word holiness. It does. And uh, I thought it was funny. You know, Ned Flanders gets laughed at for being this goody two-shoes. And uh, I've had to retrain my thoughts and say, well, actually, holiness is a good word. That's God's holy. It's an amazing thing. We don't make a mockery of someone because they're holy. We should lift them up. Holiness is a beautiful thing because holiness in its nature means separate from sin. It means perfect and, and God is holy. He's completely separate from anything that is bad. And so God sees us as his holy children and that we are dearly loved. It all starts with love. We are dearly loved by God. And that is beautiful. Where else would we want to be than in God's love? God's love is so powerful and that's the starting point of who we are now as we come to Jesus. But where to put some clothes on as part of that love? Five attributes are listed to start with. Five things that we're to, to embrace, to put on like as, as clothing. But they're not clothing, they're character traits. It's not about an outward appearance, it's about an inward heart change. Jesus is all about changing our hearts and our desires. So as we look closely, there's five of them. What's the first one in verse 12 there? What's the first item there? Compassion. Where to have compassion. Compassion is to deeply care about the sufferings of others and to try to help. So we are to be people of compassion. And then the second, what's the second one? Kindness. We'll be friendly and generous and considerate to each other. And the third, humility. To have a modest heart, to be without pride. The fourth one, gentleness. To be polite and restrained in our behavior towards others. And the fifth, patience. Patience. Bearing through trials or pains without complaint. What a picture. But to put these on, we have to trust God. If we're trusting ourselves, we will not get through life with these characteristics or these character traits. We won't be able to do it. We need to trust or rely on God to do this because we can't have a gentle heart without the work of God in us. We can't be patient or humble or, or kind without knowing that there's a powerful out God out there who's for us. And as you look through this list, you might say, oh, I recognize these. Where, does it, where is there a similar list to this? 
the fruits of the Spirit. That's in Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit. These are all listed. They're all part of, of, of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit. It's about changing our character, our hearts. We put these on like clothing. This is what it's about, the Christian journey, growing in our Christian character, becoming more like the Lord Jesus. And it continues in verse 13 to say that we should bear with each other. That means we should endure with each other through the ups and downs or when someone has something to say to us that that takes us off guard, we're to keep enduring with each other. And that leads us into forgiveness. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's the core of forgiveness. It's the core of believing in God. If we're going to accept God's forgiveness, we have to forgive others. It's like the most elementary step in the Christian walk. If we're going to accept Jesus, then we forgive. If we're going to fully realize His forgiveness over our lives, then we're to forgive others. It's core to the Christian truth and and who we are. We are people of forgiveness. And it should change us because we are different. And then we get to verse 14. And David's going to read us verse 14. Okay, there's one that stands out above them all. And what is it? Love. All right, could I have a volunteer, please? Maybe uh, a young person might be good. Someone in the front row here, one of the guys. Melvin. Oh, look, you've been volunteered. (laughs) So here we see Melvin. Now, just to say, Melvin has these five attributes that we've talked about to start with. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You sound like a top guy, Melvin. (laughs) Now, he could do all these things without love. Do you realize that? He could actually do these things. He could be gentle. And then he could go around and he could talk badly about that person. It's like, oh, I didn't hit that person, but man, I wanted to. I'm going to do that later. (laughs) He could be humble, but then maybe something else could, could happen that he might lie about that person later on. There are, these traits aren't the core. The core, like if there's an outer jacket we have to put on, and I brought this nice jacket here, There's a title to the jacket, and what is it? What's the title? Love. So Melvin's going to put this love jacket on. Oh, let's hope so. Oh, look, it's pretty good. There we go. (laughs) And so not only does he have the right character traits, but now Melvin's full of love. Full of love. And what a difference. Don't you look great in in your love outfit, Melvin? (laughs) It's, it's, it's the difference, though. Putting on love. The greatest thing, attribute we can have in life is love. It's all about love. And, and we can do good things without the love of God. But this is, is so core. So thank you, Melvin. Well done. You can, you can keep my jacket for a moment. <laughs> love. A garment of love. And notice what love does. It, 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 over all those things... It cements these characters as being so important. 
Love is what unites us together and what unites uh, our situation with God. We can never take love out of the picture because then we are wasting our time. The Bible is clear on that. We need the love of God so that we can love others. And then we move on to verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. What I love about these verses, they're so practical. They're just for us to embrace in our lives each day. We're not to be anxious. We're not to be worried. We're to let the peace of God flood into our hearts. We all know what anxiety this world can bring us. We can all have worries. But when we look to Jesus and we trust him, we can have this peace that floods into our hearts. And we can let that rule over our hearts. It's so important to let the, the, the peace of Jesus rule. And we know that the, 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 the relationship we have with Jesus, it calls us to have peace with each other. Not to be at war or, 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 or even annoyed with one another, but to be at peace. What a different picture. Peacemakers with the peace and the love of God towards each other. And we are to be thankful. It is so clear that, that what are we to be people of? Thanks. We love God. We worship God. And so we are so thankful. We were without hope and now we have Jesus in our lives. And so we are so thankful that we try to put on these things. We try to do it because of God's love coming to us. Thankfulness is so important. Because there's a big difference between thankfulness. There's another option and that's doing things under compulsion. Now, I don't know about you, but if you do things under compulsion, you won't do it for as long. As soon as you think that the person's watching you or, or that desire turns away, you'll stop doing it. It doesn't last. But when we, we recognize the love of God and we're so thankful, thankfulness leads us to do it for so much longer and for better reasons. Thankfulness is so important. And we are called to be thankful each and every day for what we have. And when we look to the cross and, and we look to what Jesus has done, how could we not be thankful? How could we not be thankful when we look at the big picture and we, we, we lift our hearts and our eyes to heaven? And then it continues in verse 16. Can someone read that out for us, please? Verse 16. Wonderful. What's the message at church that's going to dwell richly? It's the message of Jesus. That's why we're here. We're to, to lift up the name of Jesus and to acknowledge him. That's no other reason. And it, it's a reason to meet together with other Christians so that we can lift up and elevate Jesus and his truth. Jesus is the one that we teach here. We teach him and his greatness because he's the one of life. Jesus himself declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What other truth would we want to lift up at church? There is nothing that compares to Jesus. And not only do we, we teach each other, we admonish. Admonish has two arms to it. 
Sometimes admonished means we correct people. Sometimes we need to, to lovingly correct people. But it can also be to urge people on in the, in the ways of Jesus. And then, as it says here, there's worship. Never forget the importance of worship. As it says here, that we can, we can sing to the Lord and we can worship with the psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Singing is so important. And we know it. The reality is, is that many of us will forget what I've said as the week goes on, but you'll probably be singing the hymns uh, or the songs or, 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 or the worship because it, sticks, it speaks to us in a different language. Absolutely, some of God's truth might stick in our hearts and minds, but there's something very powerful about singing. And I hope we realize that, that there is a purpose why we sing. God wants us to sing. He wants us to get His truth in there. It, it, it captivates our heart. And so it's a good thing. With that thankful heart, we sing in joy to the Lord. Notice how we sing to God. That's how our true worship goes towards. It's not to, to people. We always sing and worship our gods. And verse 17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in thanks, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever we do, whatever we say, it's supposed to be about Jesus. That's what we're about here. It's true for our gatherings, but what about our weeks? Isn't that an ultimate challenge to think, man, my words and my deeds, every single thing I say and do, everything in my life, all for Jesus? Wow. I know I'm challenged as I look to this. Could I really say that every action I do during my week and, and every word that comes out of my mouth is really about honoring Jesus? Because once again, the bar's been set. And maybe through our human efforts, we might set the bar here and think, oh, I could get over that bar if I work hard. But the bar is not here. <laughs> it's like miles up over the roof because the standard's not my standard or a standard we set. The bar has been set at God's standard, where He sets up at the moon somewhere that we could never get to on our own. And we think, oh, God's calling me to be holy and He set this huge bar over my head to do everything in the name of Jesus. How would I ever do that? And we can't do it in our own strength. But then we turn back to God and we pray and we seek Him and we say, help me to change, Lord. Even just one step this week. Help me to be just that little bit more compassionate, that little bit more kind this week, some more humility, some more gentleness or more patience to grow in all these things here like this, these different pieces of clothing that we could put on. We're putting on the new Jesus way, but we need God's Spirit to help us because the bar is too high. We'll never do it ourselves. But with God's help, He changes us, He molds us, and we know that deep down He's getting us ready for heaven because we know that the level, the standard in heaven is perfection, and so that's what we look forward to. It's a challenge for each of us. It's a challenge for us to take God's standard seriously and to strive for it. Because we've been talking about putting clothes on, and maybe I should have brought some really dirty clothes to put on to Melvin. Do you think that would have been good? flush them in the toilet yeah well exactly right 
We were talking about that last week, the, the things, the, 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 that old stuff is the stuff that we stripped off. We don't want to put the old way back on because it's not honoring to God and it's not helpful for us. We want the new way. And so the new way is all about having thankful hearts. It's about saying, I'm going to embrace the Jesus way. I'm going to ask for help from His Spirit because ultimately I can't do it myself, but I want to. My heart's desire out of thanks is to say, I desire more of your way in my life. So my prayer this week is that we will have a go, that we will do what his word says and have a go at, at putting on these, these virtues, but particularly that we will put on love. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for who you are. We are thankful for your perfect example. And Lord, we are humbled by your word today because we know that we don't always love as you love. And we don't always have compassion or kindness or, or, or a good heart as you would have us have. But Lord, as we look to this week ahead, help us to be led by your Spirit, to grow in love, to grow in your good ways, that we will put on the right clothes this week and honor you with what we say and do, all in the name of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.